Time to go. Time to go. Pack up. Let's go. start it's 6 58 p.m on the east coast it is wednesday night it's the 28th day of december we got a couple more left before somebody hits the reset button again so um very happy to be back with you tonight we did a, a we did a well i call it a half day because it was it was over early but it wasn't it wasn't like it was that much shorter of a show. It was about an hour and 35-minute show yesterday. 25 minutes short of two hours. Tonight, we'll be back to normal order. I have no guests, but it's okay because we're going to be talking a bit about Ukraine. A lot of those updates that I tried to put on the back burner, knowing it would be waiting for us on the other side of Christmas. And it was. Just waiting there like a mangy dog. And we'll do a little bit of that. We'll take some calls. We'll get caught up. See what's going on. All throughout the rest of the week, I'm going to have these mini segments of countdowns, best ofs, worst ofs. Uh, I think those will be fun. I even have managed to put together, with the help of John Carroll, quite frankly, writer supreme, We've managed to put together a breakdown of all of the big stories that we covered on this show all throughout the year. So, I mean, we'll be able to we'll be able to check that out. So, between tomorrow night, which would be great because we have uh, astrologer Jeff Harmon coming back on the show, and he's going to be giving us some 2023 predictions and where it's all going. I have a number of things to complement that conversation because I had several astro charts come in from friends who watched the show. All of it is very dire. All of it is very uh, high strung. Very tense stuff going on in 2023 around the world. And of course, around the world does not mean, uh, I don't know, separate from us anymore. Ever. It's all connected now. So that'll be great. That'll be Thursday. Then Friday night, we're going, I want to really get everybody's big predictions and theories for the new year. I'm going to go into what, what uh, I think it was Viva Fry had put out this thread on Twitter a couple days ago that I thought was actually, oh, this is pretty good. This is like right up our alley. So um, because what the Twitter files have really shown us so, so much over the last couple of weeks is that, again, that little um, self-fulfilling prophecy of there is, you, you know, conspiracy theory is just a spoiler alert. That's just really what it is at this point. They say, oh, are you one of them conspiracy theorists or whatever the hell it is? But all you're really doing is resetting the clock. There is only about a few months there used to be about five to ten years, but now it's only a few months in between the time that something is a conspiracy theory and the time that it is a proven truth. And then, of course, the goalposts need to be moved and everything that could not be true because it's just too outrageous is true and is somehow virtuous and noble and needs to be accepted as the norm. That's the that's really the cycle that we're in right now. Very frustrating, very frustrating. But for those of you who are new to the game, Please, you have got to find a way to fortify your intestines because it only gets more and more unpleasing, unpleasant, 
displeasing, I should say. So, uh, welcome. One good thing that I did, I did notice today, and I had texted him prior to his first tweet back. I was going through some of my Twitter, the, the people that I followed on Twitter, every, I think once a year or so, I'll go through all the people I follow, and I will find inactive accounts, people who haven't tweeted for over six months or more, and I'll just clean it all out and just keep things nice and thin and airy. And I noticed in my following uh, section, Carpe Donctum was back. And of course, he hasn't been on Twitter in two years now. He was kicked off by the Nazis over there, the Nazi sympathizers and or fellow travelers. And I, um, so I texted him. I said, hey, are you not, uh, are you not tweeting for a reason? You know, Donald Trump's been back for a couple of months now and he hasn't tweeted anything either. Everybody was waiting with bated breath for those first, you know, that first few days. But obviously he's, it's not, not being used for a reason. I didn't know if Carpe was doing that, if he was holding out. Um, and I didn't know how long he had been on. Well, just about an hour ago, he tweeted, and he's back. So I'm happy to see all of our uh, all of our good friends coming back to the the platform, and hopefully he hops on with us again soon. Because all throughout that time that he was not on Twitter, every couple of weeks or so, he would pop up in our chat room here, say hello, send a super chat over. Wonderful guy, good friend, and uh, I'm glad that. I'm glad that he's being made a, a little bit more whole here, especially somebody in his line of work. Got to get your your jokes out there as far and wide as you can. All right. So um, I want to thank my sponsors tonight. That is BlueMonsterPrep.com. I, all I will say is take note of the insane weather events that are going on, whether they be natural or man-made. And when I say man-made, I'm not talking about you jumping into your car and going for a drive to Pathmart or something like that, and and the uh, the carbon being emitted from your tailpipe destroying the the, uh, the the ozone layer or something like that. I'm talking man-made geoengineering, all that, which I believe we actually got an in. I think Dane Wigington is willing to come on the show. That's going to be a great time. He's the one who started geoengineeringwatch.org, I believe. That, that's another one I've been. I've been frequenting a lot between Dane Wigginton's uh, work and our good friend Jim Lee, but it's the first time I'm I would be bringing Dane on, and I'd love to talk to him about specifically this this storm, this nationwide storm, what could contribute it to, uh, what could uh, contribute to it, and and everything else. But uh, these insane weather events, these natural things, these acts of God. They are the perfect reason why you should have a basement or a closet stocked with strategic supplies from Blue Monster Prep. That's a, a perfect reason. It doesn't matter if you are if you live in a blue state or a red state and you feel that you're a little bit more secure in what's going on locally uh, than you know being in close proximity to a big beehive of a city, social breakdown, all that stuff. You still got to think about natural occurrences. BlueMonsterPrep.com, they can set you on your way and get all your priorities in line. So go and check them out. Talk to Pat and Gina, and they will help you out. So there you have it. All right. All right. I got my new copy of The Great Divorce. I put it up on Instagram. Where is it? Instagram. Boom. Hold on a second. Let me put it up on, on uh, where are we? There you have it. I got it. I got it. 
The Great Divorce. I already have a copy of this, but as you know, I will use this as my book club copy where I'll make all my lines and my notes and all that stuff. And then after book club is done, I will raffle it off and I'll, I'll give it away to somebody. And it's going to be a great way to start off. It's only 140 pages long. It is eloquently written. It is a very afterworld, afterlifey, heavenly way to start the the uh, the year off. And I can't wait to do it with you all. So there is that. And then right after that, in March, we're going to be on with Jay Dyer doing Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. And away we go. All right. Another quick reminder before we get on with our our uh, grab bag over here, the December sponsor, that's that's for those who are monthly sponsors on either Subscribestar, Patreon, Squarespace, or, or uh, Foxhole, that is this Friday. And that, of course, is a five-gram bar of gold. You can go check out the market price of that. Incredible. A bag of coffee and a slap on the ass the next time I see you. So become a monthly sponsor and you'll be automatically entered into that drawing, which we will do around midday on Friday. All right. All right. Now, here's the first one up. Speaking of heaven, looks like, uh, well, I don't know, Pope Benedict is going to make a, an attempt to get in soon. Former Pope Benedict is very sick, Pope Francis says. He's dying. I, uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised at how long he's lasted. It really makes you wonder. 2013. 2013. It was, I mean, it's almost 10 years ago. To think that we've had two popes for 10 years. Incredible. Pope Francis has said that his predecessor, Pope Benedict, the 95-year-old former pontiff who resigned from the post nine years ago, was very sick after deterioration in his health on Wednesday. I want to ask you all for a special prayer for Pope Emeritus Benedict who uh, sustains the church in his silence. He is very sick. So we'll see if he can make it to the new year. But that does not uh, that does not look good, and they haven't really come out with any details as to what's going on. Here's another thing. I spoke about the thread that I found on used cars and all of the loans that were being taken out and secondary loans and how it was really putting people into a bind. And now all of these... Um, these issuers of of uh, credit, they are pretty much going after each other, and it's just creating a, a really bad situation. I had a friend of the show, Christina, who works in this in this field. She got in touch with me about a day or two afterwards, but we haven't had time to get around to it and follow up. She said, Frank, I've worked as a consultant for a car dealerships for the past 18 years. My specialty is the subprime market. You talked about that Twitter thread last night from the used car dealership guy regarding the large bubble of repos that are coming. I've been saying that for the past six months, especially in Michigan where we are lease heavy. The chip shortage forced a ton of consumers into a purchase, yet they have been conditioned over the past two decades to get a new lease every two years. So when these consumers overpaid for cars in 20 and 21, and they try to trade out of them in the next couple of years, they are in for a lot of bad news. I've seen people pay $20,000 over MSRP just to get the newest model car. No, I, I knew. Uh, I almost, um, 
I, I know. I, I, I knew that what was coming on right now, the last thing I ever wanted to be doing was leasing a car and going and continuing the lease thing. I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, and, and, and the thing that forced my hand, the thing that forced my hand was the chip shortage. Because I was going to do one more, I was going to finance a car. I wanted to get like a, a GM Acadia or something like that. Just fully load it and all that stuff, just so it had we had room for extra if we if, if Aurora ever had a sibling or something like that. If a, if a sibling showed up at some point, I don't know, just to have the the extra room and have all the amenities and just be financing it with no no other uh, ideas of of going on and on with the 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 hamster wheel of leasing, and there was just nothing around. Says, all right, buying it out. And my car dealer, my guy at the uh, at the dealership, he was showing me. He said, Frank, take a look at this. He said, you see this entire calendar? And it was the calendar for, it was the calendar for, um, it might have been December of last year. He said, this, everything on this calendar, and it was filled. These are all lease buyouts. Everybody was just coming to buy out their lease and just, and just finish out their lease and own the car because a there's nothing out there b the prices were and the b the prices were out of control so that was my little introduction the peek behind the mirror or behind the curtain of what was going on and then everybody started i started seeing the threads like this uh, Christina goes on to conclude, anyways, it goes further than that. Credit scores are dropping because people haven't changed their spending habits, even though inflation is through the roof. People are out of savings and turning to credit cards. After this holiday season, people will experience major credit score decreases because the way the scores are calculated with revolving debt. And the worst part about that is it, it's, comp I mean, it's, uh, it's counterintuitive. If you're a lender... If you're a lender and you see somebody coming in uh, with a, I don't know, a subpar credit score, wouldn't you think that you would just reject them outright other than give them a loan with a higher rate? If they have a history of having any kind of trouble getting through a pay cycle without any kind of disturbance, why are you going to make it harder for this person who's also high risk, all, already, I should say, established as higher risk than other people? I never understood that. It's either, if you don't trust the person with a loan, no matter how big or small of a lender you are, I understand it. You have to assess risk however you assess it. But why are you going to give them a higher rate, which puts more pressure on them? I don't get it. I don't get it. Is it really just that predatory or because I mean, it, it's counterintuitive? You think you would want people to succeed because then you succeed. But um, all right. Well, that's the end of that. Here's another little something. The feds are forcing West Point to remove General Robert E. Lee portrait as a response to a federal order by the Department of Defense the Department of White Rage. West Point is starting to remove all Confederate statues and portraits from its campus. West Point Superintendent Lieutenant General Steve Gillian, 
Gilland broke the news and said during the holiday break we will begin multi-phase process in accordance with Department of Defense directives to remove, rename, or modify assets and real property of the United States Military Academy and West Point installation that commemorate or memorialize the Confederacy or those who voluntarily served the Confederacy, which is absolutely pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. First of all, uh, General Lee was one of the best products to come out of the academy. Lincoln's first pick to lead the Union Army, by the way. His first pick to lead the Army. But but, uh, Lee just didn't feel it was prudent to attack the Union in order to so-called preserve it. But you know, slavery, which is where the uh, the Civil War history in this country begins and ends. There, th- th- that's just it. Therefore, this is justified and everything else. Nothing more to learn. No complexity. The history of the United States in the 19th century and before was just a vanilla sheet cake. That's all it was. It was a vanilla sheet cake. No icing. No nothing. It was. It was one-dimensional sheet cake slavery. That's all it was. Because, of course, if you dig into the Civil War, if you dig into what was regarded by the South as the Second War of Independence, you would start, re, you would start seeing that there was a lot more there in the aspects of trying to preserve civic traditions that were established with the, uh, during the Constitutional Convention. Civic separation of power traditions. So by, again, making this verboten and to make these, these people to scrub West Point of any reference of one of the greatest figures in American history, that is a, that is a no-no, no research for you. Don't do any research and don't have a better understanding of who we are, where we came from, and what happened to us. Muslavery. That's all you need to know. Muslavery. Absolutely pathetic. So while this is all going on, at the same time, they are so desperate the U.S. military is. You know, let's just start the show, and I'm going to come back and do this because this would be fun because then it goes right into Ukraine, and it's all pretty much the same thing. Don't go anywhere. I shared all of the live links across all my socials. I would love it for if you could all become a sponsor tonight of the show, a uh, social media sponsor. And just retweet it and get it on out there and bring more of your friends and family in that have ever had a good time with us. If they've never seen us before, bring them on in. Be wonderful to have them on. And if you're watching on Rumble right now, make sure you hit that Rumble button. Because unlike places like YouTube, when you hit that Rumble button, we really do go up in the, the suggested rankings on the website. And that is a that would be a great help. So keep reminding each other, too, to Rumble up over there. And we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
Right. Seven seventeen. So what was I saying? Oh, so you got to go and scrub down West Point. Make sure the West Point Military Academy is uh, is is completely sterilized and does not contain any reference to, in this case, one of the greatest figures in American history, while at the same time being so desperate for recruits that the military continues to lower their standards for entry. Look at this. This is from First Post. The U.S. military hires 700 recruits who have faced behavioral challenges. After revisiting its policy on which medical conditions bar applicants from joining services, the U.S. military for the first time has permitted 700 recruits with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder (laughs) uh, to enlist according to a report. After revisiting its policies... Uh, In June, the military, which has been facing major recruitment challenges, I wonder why, said that those who had suffered from 38 different medical conditions could serve as long as they hadn't demonstrated symptoms nor required medication for treatment for three, five, and seven years, depending on the condition. Oh, yeah? What about the people that you're you're, you're trying to attempt to turn it from boys into girls and girls into boys? using military funds to help people with their sex changes and uh, and all the upkeep that has to happen from there. Because you know they're not real vaginas, right? There's a lot of upkeep with a not real vagina. Uh, these conditions, which include congenital heart defects and tuberculosis, were previously automatic disqualifiers, not anymore. The Pentagon stated that it will evaluate the performance of its new program in six months' time so that it has a year's worth of data to analyze. Look at that. Look at that. They tested this They tested this more than the other thing that they were doing to the, the soldiers for a while. We want to be cautious, said the Wall Street Journal report, quoted Army Secretary Christine Wormuth as saying about how the service admits those with mental health challenges. I think that we have to constantly be refreshing our approach and looking at conditions in this society. These changes come amid some of the Army's worst years for recruiting, as military officials are debating ways to enlist qualified recruits who have been treated for mental health conditions. I was in the deli uh, maybe about a month or two ago, and I ran into, I keep running into all these older kids that I used to coach in Little League and I, I, I hear, well, I'll be standing online waiting to order some tomato salad and I'll hear, yo, what's up coach? In this, <laughs> these, these, these baritone to bass voices. I'll turn around, so like they're eight feet tall like, yo, what's going on, man? And we're hugging each other. Some of them are cops now. Some of them just got out of the military. I said, so, so you know, what, you know, you did someone did four years, eight years, so while you're out, you you don't. He goes, I just didn't like, you know, I, I can't tell you how many now. Maybe about three or four of them went to the army or into the marines, and even said, I I just the, the culture changed while I was in there, like I I got there just in time to have everything change so drastically while they were already there. Shit like this, they can just see the writing on the wall. What was going on? And um, this is just. I, I hate to say it because I know I know that it was it was a very proud thing and still is a proud thing for a lot of people out there 
generations of Americans. It would be an intergenerational thing to serve. Very proud traditions, especially when you, uh, especially from flyover country. Very proud. That's where many of our, our best soldiers came from. Says the service fell 15,000 recruits short of its fiscal 2022 goal and it's cut. It's now cut its goal for total number of soldiers in fiscal year 2023 by an additional 50,000, 15,000, suggesting that it sees longer term problem, added the report. According to Army Dana, only listen to this. This is a bigger, this is a bigger physical reality here, aside from the cultural shift that's going on right now. According to Army Data, only 23% of young Americans meet the physical fitness, health, and other requirements, and less than 10% of them are interested in joining the military. 75% off the board. 75%. That is what think about that. And of the 23% who could actually meet the physical fitness, that's not even to say that they're in peak fitness form, but they just have not been deconditioned to the point where they, they can't pull anything off, that they have something to work with. Of the 23%, 10% are interested in joining the military. My God. So, I, I mean, they're taking... General Lee out of West Point, and we are, and, he, and look at this, the standards for entry are getting lower and lower and lower, and, and it's not just to, to avoid being called ableist, ladies and gentlemen, as you can see here, we're completely deconditioned and getting unhealthier by the year, but also, it must be getting harder to encourage the strong men that you need to attract in order to form an effective killing force because that is what a military is. It is the only thing a military is for. It's for killing things. There, It's not, I mean, this is just the way it is. It must be very hard to get that kind of attention from the right recruits um, when all we do is insult strong men, opting instead, putting out these uh, things like these the, the lesbian recruitment cartoons you saw those? You remember those? Now, I don't have a problem with lesbians, nor do I have a problem with cartoons. But China and Russia are appealing to men who want to lay it all on the line for honor and glory in the battlefield and, and, and protecting the precious women and children in their lives. They are appealing to what men usually respond to, especially in a military sense. And we're talking about diversity and how Sarah has two daddies. That's what we're talking about over here. Now, I would rather stay home. I would rather stay home and protect the people in my life who appreciate me. I would rather protect them directly than go to fight for an organization like that. To go serve in a planet, serve as a planetary brute squad member for the PSYOP machine. I would not want to be a part of that. So yeah, the military has a big problem. But thankfully, uh, we have largely outsourced most of our fighting these days to cocaine-fueled Ukrainian battalions and ISIS. But only for only for a short while, of course, because eventually we'll have to send in the BDSM cavalry where all of our brave generals will ride other men in, in, into battle. Men, men with heart palpitations dressed in leather horse costumes. That's it. They'll all have the leather horse heads on and they'll be uh, <laughs> getting ridden in by the generals. There you go. We'll be, we'll be yearning for the days of drone warfare and sending in uh, ISIS as a proxy force.
All right, and then we have this. Now we are into Ukraine territory. Let's start it off right here. Special Forces Insider, this is from Zero Hedge. The CIA is directing sabotage attacks in Russian territory. This is from antiwar.com. The CIA has been using a European NATO country's intelligence services to conduct sabotage attacks inside of Russia since the February invasion of Ukraine. Investigative journalist Mac Murphy reported on Saturday citing unnamed former U.S. intelligence and military officials. Now, uh, it's good to get some corroborating reporting on this, but we've known this for a time now because just like everything else, the New York Times and everybody else are gleefully reporting that drone strikes and other things. uh, uh, There was a couple of naval Ukrainian quote-unquote naval victories at Russia's expense that was blatantly bragged about by corporate media as being helped along by American intelligence. Geolocation. We know that Starlink and Elon Musk had a great uh, is a is a, a great tool that's been used by the uh, the NATO brigade out there since the beginning of this door to tr- uh, this war to triangulate Russian forces and and uh, cause some problems wherever they can inflict them. So I don't I understand we have an unnamed former U.S. intelligence uh, official or officials and you say oh well that sounds like ABC's reporting. An unnamed source, familiar with the matter. But, hell, the shoe fits. The report said that no U.S. personnel are on the ground in Russia, but that the operations are being directed by the CIA. I don't believe the first half. The U.S. is using an ally's intelligence services, uh, services to add an extra layer of plausible deniability, and a former U.S. Special Operations official told Murphy that layer, that layer, was a major factor in President Biden signing off on the attacks. I don't understand why, like, as if that is a, if it really is a layer. This has been the stupidest, most openly brazen proxy war ever, I mean, to some, I, I, I keep falling into the trap, too, of thinking that everybody else sees the same exact thing that me and you do. I keep falling into that same trap. Uh, Truth is that there are a lot of people out there who just do not care to dig a little deeper. And even if they had the will to dig a little deeper, they would uh, hit the electrified fence of not wanting to upset the herd by seeing something that contradicts what they've been told and that all their friends believe and... uh, and having to live with that struggle. So might as well just be blissfully ignorant one way or another. Murphy said that he didn't name the NATO country whose intelligence services were being used in a report because doing so might endanger the operational security of cells that are still operational inside of Russia. The report appeared on Murphy's personal website, and in a note at the end of the piece, he explained why it wasn't published by a media outlet. While working, here's a quote, while working with editors at mainstream publications, I was asked to do things that were illegal and unethical in one instance, and another instance, I felt that a senior CIA official was able to edit my article by making off the record statements before he leaked the story to New York Times to undermine this piece, he wrote. 
According to the report, the covert campaign inside Russia has been years in the making. Two former military officials said that the NATO country's spy services had hidden a cache of explosives and equipment in Russia more than a decade ago, and some of the gear has been used recently. A former U.S. special operations official and U.S. person briefed on the campaign said that the CIA didn't get involved with the NATO country's operations inside Russia until 2014. The first time sleeper cells entered Russia that were directed by both the CIA and NATO's allies spy services was in 2016 and more entered the country in the following years. The NATO ally provided the undercover operatives with stories to explain their presence in Russia and documents back to, uh, back, to back them up. The report said that around the time Russia invaded Ukraine on February 24th, the NATO ally spy service activated its sleeper cells inside Russia using covert communication, and they were ready for orders on what targets to strike. This is inside Russia. Just what I want to really drive that home here. It's not clear how many attacks the sleeper cells have been responsible for. There have been a series of mysterious explosions at Russian military facilities, power plants, and railways since the invasion. The report suggested that the saboteurs could have been behind the April fire at the Research Institute of Russia's Aerospace Defense Force, which killed over 20 people. The sabotage operations that the CIA is overseeing require a presidential finding. President Obama signed a finding before he left office that allowed covert actions against Russia over allegations that Moscow interfered in the 2016 election, a claim that has never been proven. Never been proven, but universally agreed upon by the same bipartisan group of assholes, namely Congress, that um, delivered this Zelensky guy raucous applause when he made a trip to the D.C. home office last week in the lead-up to to Christmas. So I, I have I have a little bit on that over here. You got to check out. And I also want to, to just drive home on this one. The Russian go- government knows perfectly well who is sponsoring these sabotage strikes. Did not need this. Russian government know, government knows perfectly well who's doing it. And moreover, I think the more important thing here is that the intelligence community wants them to know. Wants them to know. Because whereas a large part of Western audiences are very, very sleepy and ignorant to what's really going on over there in Ukraine and when the war really started and by whom... What they would love to do right now is to have those sleepy audiences of Americans and Europeans alike to see Russia do something big and bad that can be sold by the media as unprovoked Hitlerian behavior. They're trying to get him to do something stupid, Putin. Now, here's a little something that I thought was, you know, good to go along with all this. Max Blumenthal put out a, well, he tweeted out a, it was a two-hour long. I did not watch the full two hours. My buddy Javi sent this to me. A guy from the Mozart Group, which is a uh, a private military contractor group. His name is Andrew Milburn, I believe. He was on a podcast talking about a much darker picture of what's going on, going on in Ukraine. And there's a two-minute clip here of where he's talking about how Ukraine is a corrupt, fucked-up society run by fucked-up people and government, and, of course, they're our people. 
which is why I have so much I have a growing level of disdain for the Ukrainian uh, prop government because it's born from the same disdain that I have for our own. Ukrainian soldiers kill dudes who surrendered and commit atrocities. We've been learning about this since the beginning when we saw Ukrainian soldiers hog-tying people to telephone poles, taking their pants down and whipping them in public. But, of course, because we here at home have been gassed up with the this pseudo-Cold War mentality of Russia, 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 then doing this these kinds of inhumane things and seeing them on on uh, on video it inspires people to write it off and again move the goalposts because we are i mean milgram experiment forget about it i mean we are just inhumane another reason why i say stop clutching your pearls when somebody wants to have any kind of objective talk about what was going on in nazi germany that didn't have to do with genocide and whether or not it could have been an objectively good thing economically or anything else what could have been going on there to stabilize a country after being lambasted and destroyed put on the rack over world war one i said don't think that we are a morally superior group the west in general but listen to this it's a corrupt fucked up society mm. that let you know so i'm not i'm not big f- fan of uh ukraine oh, what is that this is uh buffalo trace oh, um okay so they're getting they're getting sauced up and they're drinking buffalo Ch- trace uh whiskey and as this happens they're they're spilling the beans a little bit and this guy's from the mozart group Here's a little bit of a background provided by Max Blumenthal. The Mozart Group is among the largest private military contractors in in Ukraine. In a New York Times profile of Milburn, it painted him as a, quote, driven by the same pro-Ukrainian spirit that has put yellow and blue flags across the Western world, end quote. And he urged at the time that the U.S. go all in. This is from the New York Times. But now, now that they're uh, they're drinking a little bit of bourbon, and uh, they're talking a little bit more bluntly about what's going on. And the, and the Ukrainians are in violation of um, the Hague Convention. They, they, there is a, I forget the exact phraseology, but it is we we looked at this closely, and it's uh, yeah, they they should be no filming of. Uh, the, the phrase, the the terminology is bringing attention, blah 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 blah, to media, um, and yes, the Ukrainians are violating that. You know, I absolutely. There's they and and there are they're filming of a number of things that they're doing with uh, uh, POWs is violating law of law of armed conflict, and he can't, guys, right. Killing Russian prisoners is... Right. And it's interesting because in the past, in, you know, you know you, like Latin America or whatever, if U.S. Uh, forces or employees were involved with any force that committed, you know, yeah. war atrocities or, right or whatever, back, right? you have to, yeah, yeah you're yeah. done. Yeah. But we're obviously not going to pull our support from Ukraine at this well, point. Well, I mean, yeah, the, I mean... You know, these violations. Oh, it's atrocities. No, yeah. I mean it still is. I mean, you, you shouldn't kill, you shouldn't kill dudes who, I mean, everyone knows who surrendered. I mean, you shouldn't kill dudes who surrendered. Now, I uh, I watched about forty five minutes more because I couldn't get through the full two hours. But I, there's one comment underneath, 
in the comment section on YouTube that I really appreciated. Here's uh, one person that said, I learned three really interesting things in this video. Firstly, he believes Ukraine's insistence on a full control over Crimea and Donbass is unrealistic. And that is, of course, the only thing that that the Zelensky guy keeps saying it needs to be returned in order for a war to end. And that that's really just that's just really words coming out of a person who thinks that the that the the bottomless pit of money is going to go on forever. Money and bodies and bullets. Just give me warm bodies, because that's another thing that he says somewhere in this. I forget where it is that the casualty rate on the Ukrainian side is somewhere around seventy to eighty percent. We've been reporting on that a long time. A long time. How the casualty rate is obscene. But why don't we know that? Well, this this commenter very succinctly puts it uh, later on in the uh, the piece that they just wrote here. Hold on. The second is, he states that Ukrainian propaganda may be undermining their own cause with a mantra of hatred toward Russians. If you want people to defect or surrender, you can't turn it into an ethnic conflict like Yugoslavia. And thirdly, he says, Ukrainian control of information and journalists is skewing the media reporting, which is reinforcing tactical mistakes and foreign skepticism of the Ukrainians. These are all really interesting observations that haven't been discussed much elsewhere, but the ring, but they ring true to me. Yeah, they do ring true to me as well. And I think that media reporting is a, especially where we are, if you have not been curious in how it's being uh, it's being covered by people like, I don't know, the Saker, the Saker blog. I love going there, uh, peeking in on the MOD, anything that's come directly from Russia, peeking in on people like Patrick Lancaster, who who is on the ground out in Ukraine. He's put his life on the line to show you different things. If you haven't been following Patrick Lancaster on YouTube or wherever the hell, it's, uh, hell else he is, I don't know if he's, if he's been allowed to stay there. That's something else, too. So that's the reason why I go and seek that out and that you should too, because we're only getting one thing, that it's a righteous cause. There's no reason to question it all. They deny any, uh, they being our, our uh, controllers, they deny any, any play in this from the beginning, but we are just opening up the treasury and dumping all the cobwebs out for this. And, of course, there is no updates except the Ukrainians continue to keep winning. They continue to keep winning. They have been winning since February, ladies and gentlemen. Winning, winning, winning since February, but they need more money and they need more troops for some reason. It's all bullshit. And uh, Zelensky came to D.C., the home office, for a little bit of PR and to sell his timeshare. And this was Tucker Carlson from uh, December 23rd. Word for it. Take our word for it. Ho, 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 they laugh. And they clap like seals. But here's the interesting. Almost every person in the room clapped like a seal. So no matter what that man said, send me more money, I command you, send me more money. We're taking care of it the most responsible ways. They applaud. All of them. Almost like they have to. Now, there are 435 members of the House of Representatives, and they're Republicans and Democrats. And famously, they don't get along and they don't agree on anything. They can't even pass a budget because they disagree on everything, very bitterly. And yet when a foreign leader shows up in cargo pants to tell them lies and give them orders, 
they all applaud. That's pretty weird behavior in a democracy if you think about it. The fractious debate we hear so much about doesn't exist. And in fact, looking at the screen last night, it didn't really look like a democracy, to be honest. It looked like this. foreign flag on the dais and we'll applaud more yeah the, the the flag thing was really something else wasn't it with the ukrainian flag inside of the house chamber there and and the um the across the board the uni- unanimity of the of the support here here's a couple of seconds of uh of zelensky uh selling his timeshare to everybody thank you very much thank you for both financial packages you have already provided us with and the ones you may be willing to decide on <laughs> your money is not charity it's- no we know it's not charity it's a business investment it's a business opportunity it's an investment opportunity i mean many of the people in that room benefited from that investment it's probably why many people are clapping. It went right into their re-election campaigns, the FTX laundering. God knows how many other uh, mo- money houses were uh, were laundering the, the the tens and tens of billions of dollars for a losing war. So yeah, we know it's not charity. We know it's not. It's all paid for by us. An investment in the global security and democracy that we handle in the most responsible way. Right, okay. Yeah, so that's, that's and by the way, the cargo pants and the green sweater, and everybody's like, it's, isn't it very disrespectful for him to show up? Why is he always put? It's branding. It's branding. They're trying to make him into a Ukrainian G.I. Joe, and this is what comes with the Zelensky package. You get the the green sweater. He looks like he's always about ready to jump back into the war zone, even though he's 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 running around doing photo ops with his wife and in subways and receiving uh, golden dildos from Sean Penn. This this is it's branding. They are trying to brand the Ukrainian GI Joe man as a figure, an action figure, which brings me to this. Which brings me to this. This happened late last week. It was at the same moment right there in the house chambers uh Zelensky's visit to washington what you're seeing here is an interesting contrast on the left it's the it's the thumbnail for tonight's show on the left is the rotting face of rosa deloro from connecticut a house representative been in office since i was six years old 80-year-old D.C. wallflower. Looks like an old man in a wig. Trying to look young. Has these these, these young, weird uh, Andy Warhol glasses and purple hair with these bony bony claws for fingers. And it's just it's just it's a horrible, weird, weird sight. And then of course you have you have Zelensky. Now the reason why I, I say that this is the, the picture of 2022 is because Rosa DeLauro, if there was ever a person who could 
I don't know, I bring to life the deep state. If you could personify the deep state, not that this person is has wields all the power, but if you could make it into a person, this would be it. And if there's ever a mask that the deep state would ever wear, it's Zelensky. Zelensky is the Groucho Marx nose that the New World Order puts on to disguise itself these days. They expect you to think that he is a Ukrainian G.I. Joe who is the only one keeping Putin from moving west or something like that. But in reality, he's just an Oscar Award winning CIA G.I. Joe frontman. And what he's covering up is a truly nightmarish face of the syndicate. Or as Rich Barris would say, the cartel. So this is the photo of 2022 for me. This just tells you everything it is. The bony claws of the deep state and the mask that it wears to be able to woo all the kids into putting up the Ukrainian flags and and give away their birthright as Americans. That's what I see as the picture of 2022. All right, it's 746. We're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, I want to take some of your calls in the first half, and then we will jump right into the second half and get more acquainted in the final moments of 2022. Don't go anywhere. We will BRB. to uh, to see the eye doctor. After the exam, the doctor says, I know why you're having trouble. Chinaman says, why? Doctor says, you have a cataract. The Chinaman says, no, I have a rink in Continental. You don't get it? I get it. He drives a Lincoln. What?
I love you, kitty. Yep, you're cool. What's up? I love you, kitty. Yep, yep, you're cool. Uh, what's QFTV? Did you say what's QFTV? Missy gonna need to go over there and watch QFTV Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, right after, quite frankly. Yeah. Oh, you're definitely cool. Only on quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. couple of minutes we have about 10 minutes then we're gonna go on a little bit of a music break for the intermission but let's take some calls 914-595-695 914-595-695 or you can jump into the quite lobby all of the voice chats on discord i still have the woolly mammoth line up there in discord i gotta change that Jeez, Louise, Frank, what have you done? So you can call in with whatever you'd like, whatever you noticed. Tonight, it's been a pretty singular topic, just for ease, because it's been a little bit of a little bit of, of time since we've been able to catch up with this. But we'll get into your super chats after the intermission concludes, and away we go. Um. I'll take a call from Javi. Javi from Houston. What's going on, Javi? It's good to hear from you again. Hey, what's going on, brother? How's it going? Ah, it's going well. It's going well. I mean, you actually sent me that this uh, this bourbon fueled podcast, and uh, <laughs> very interesting stuff there. Thank you for sending that over. So, what, what are your thoughts tonight? So, right, the the, the encapsulation and the the comments basically broke down the two hours, but. To hear him actually say that stuff, like, wow, that shit was nuts. Um, that dude's a Brit, but um, joined the Marine Corps, like a, a, a private, and made it all the way to lieutenant colonel. Um, he found he was actually the founder of that uh, of that Mozart group. <clears throat> but he's basically saying that the goddamn Ukraine government controls all the media, so. The Western media just eats it up. They don't ask questions. They don't. They don't say shit. It was a because most most of the people are afraid. He's also the by the way. He's also the gentleman that said only seventy percent, not even seventy percent of the weapons that get sent there get to the the front lines of the Ukrainian soldiers. And like um, the way they integrate their civilian sector, who receive fucking five days of training from Americans, then they push them into the Ukrainian units. The Ukrainian units essentially put them in the front line as cannon fodder, and then they're still getting their asses handed to them. Oh, dude, oh, you know, that's, that's, another, that's another thing that people are forgetting, because I would say that would have to have been somewhere around April or early May that we started getting a lot of the video blogs that were being uploaded from Ukraine from American and uh, European volunteers who went in there thinking that they were going to be joining some sort of a well-organized um, uh, operation, and meanwhile, they were pretty much 
much being sent on suicide missions with with no uh, unit cohesion. Nothing was going on, and they were trying to get the hell out of there. And they felt, and then they were they realized that they were in many cases uh, at, at first trapped because they didn't want anybody leaving and talking about the conditions over there. And it's uh, it's it's so much. It was so much more than okay. Well, this is a ragtag group of rebels against a hulking Russian force. It was it was systemic. Uh, really systemic problems and um, and much more uglier themes that they were talking about there too. We those those videos stopped coming out a long time ago. It was a couple of weeks. There was a, like a window of a couple of weeks that American volunteers were sending back videos saying, "Yo, know, we are getting messed up over here." And I almost got killed the first day. People were getting killed, and then everybody stopped reporting on it. You remember that? Uh, right, and that's exactly because. He was. Um, he basically said the Ukrainian ability, any kind of command and control signal that the Ukrainian leadership is just so fucking garbage, so inept. They don't really have like a, a a West Point or you know those kinds of things where you have officers that are trained in maneuver warfare and amphibious assault and you know pretty much they're basically winging it. And then um, the the Murphy. The guy that um, does the podcast, his last name is Murphy, and he was basically like um, saying, so all these reports that Ukraine's winning and this and this and that, he was like, I would caution, <laughs> his exact words were, I would caution against saying that because he was like, their ability to counter-strike is pretty much garbage. He was like, if the Russians leave, they will, they'll, they'll fill the void, and then the Ukrainians are telling the Western media that, that's a great victory. He's like, we're yeah, really. It's just the uh, the Russians are pulling out to replenish their forces that they're losing, and then they take the spot, and then the Russians come back counter striking with artillery, and that's why they're just fucking hammering them right now. Dude, that that's shit was insane, bro. That, yeah, that's that's another thing that we've been that we've had to really balance things out with. There has been a couple of times that there has been major major victories reported on and then you dig a little deeper and it's exactly what you just said russians pull back to replenish and all that stuff and in the void come a ragtag group of ukrainians and they get to say that we we picked up 50 square miles of of land and and it's uh, and everybody is uh, is toasting champagne when it's just it's just an optical illusion. But you know what? Before before I uh, I get off and take another call, Javi, you're a, you're a marine, no? Correct. Yes, sir. Uh, were you able? Were you in uh, to to be able to see? I know that the Marines were were pretty good, pretty good at uh, preserving themselves, preserving their culture a little bit longer than the rest. But did you see any changes in what was in reference to what we were talking about earlier on in the episode about things going on inside the military? Were you around uh, to see that starting to bubble up, or, or were you out before then? Oh, 2000, brother. Um, oh, 2000. Uh, my last year in 2000, well, uh, believe me, 2000, it was kind of when it be, um nowhere near as politically correct as the Army and the Air Force and the Navy, even to this day, the Marine Corps, because they will, they, they fight to keep that warrior ethos because it works so well with recruiting uh, Hispanics. Um, but, like, in 2000, it was, like, this big thing, like, we, it's fucking weird and it's stupid, but it was just part of the culture. Like, if you were black, you were called the dark green marine. If you were white, light green marine. 
Latino, you were called, uh, you know, Olive Drab. It was like, so they they went hard on that. Like, don't don't say that no more. And you couldn't refer to female Marines as women Marines. We would abbreviate it uh, WM. Like, they went hard on that. And that was like 2000. Um, that that whole story about them taking out Cern, ma'am, and all that, I haven't heard anything about that. But most oh, of the people yeah. that I know that got out, yeah, most of the people that I know recently who's a lot of Marines I served with, their, their sons were, became Marines. Um, they're basically like, they were getting out because, one, they hated Biden, and like, they didn't want to see what's happening in the Army and all these other branches to come to the Marine Corps, which, Jesus, and, unless he doesn't win again, hopefully that's the only thing that's going to fucking stop the social engineering horseshit. Right. Well, I, I, even that, even that's not... Uh... Even that's not a good. Um, even that's not something that that's just like oh well we well, hopefully hopefully he wins again and we have four what the hell is four years really going to do you're around for four years you get a right. reprieve and then and then and then what somebody flushes out all the leadership and goes back back to right where it is this is such a bigger cultural issue and it just it rears its head in every in every institution whether it be uh, you know whether it be civilian or military alike but anyway Javi thanks for all the uh, the thoughts and I hope that you have a, a great new year out there with the family. Same to you, brother. God bless y'all, man. Take care. Take care. There you go. There's Javi. Uh, James in El Paso. What's going on, James? You got the last two minutes. Howdy, Frank. Yeah, I just wanted to give a quick insight on why why guys aren't uh, <clears throat> and gals aren't signing up for the military these days. And, go ahead. Uh, basically, I, I think that the, the strong, critical-thinking, patriotic Americans that would normally go into those fields – uh, recognize that everything that's uh, been on the table and, and that we've been fighting for has been kind of thrown in our faces over the past few years, and it's all a big joke, and it's, you know, on somebody else's chess table. Um, and, and they recognize that they, they would rather stay here at home and fight a good fight here, whether that be in culture or business or whatever, and uh, rather than go and die in another pointless war. And I say that with full sincerity and respect for the guys in still now I was in and uh, I love them, but you know, there comes a time when uh, you got to say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put up with this bullshit anymore. That's I, all I got to say. I, I'm, you know, I'm glad you came, uh, you came in from that point of view there, James. And I, and I know that, that Javi does too. Um, being a veteran, and I, I always keep that in in mind when I think about what's going on right now. How, first of all, like they said, with the recruitment shortfalls. It's a re- it's a reflection of not only mostly the physical deterioration of the American youth. There is a physical deterioration going on. There is also a an emotional and spiritual deterioration. There is a um, certainly a, a deterioration of patriotism. People don't even really know what the hell is going. They're they're they're, they're taught neutered to negative, ne- so neutral to negative American history. I don't even know why anybody would 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 be able to recruit the fighting spirit to go out there and enlist in this nation's military if if not only. If only I, I would have to imagine for what they get from their family, 
and from what kind of um, education they have brought upon themselves or if they just are brought up in a, in a, in a healthier part of the country. So you think about all that that's going on, and I, I, just, I just imagine those who find themselves volunteering that are, are in the military and, and, uh, and they are impervious to that, that kind of worldview that has weakened so much else, and it, they just feel like they are uh, too few too few against a, a a changing tide of just crap and I, I just hope that I just hope that sooner than later they come home and they are able to just um, dedicate their protective powers and strengths to their family and their communities because that's where we really need everyone at this point I, I would if, if yes, I had I, I completely agree yeah well, I, it, I appreciate it it's got to come from within and uh uh, like I said, I love all of our service members, and I respect y'all. Thank you for what you do, um, and thank you for what you do here on the home front. Thank you, good man. Well, thank you, uh, James, and and uh, happy New Year. Okay, there you go, James El Paso. Well, eight oh two. All right, we're gonna take a little bit of a break. It'll be a little bit more of an extended break. Um, I'm gonna play a track. Another original track that was released here by Anthony back in August, Swimming Through Air. And I'm going to play it tonight because this song I listen to about three or four times a day now. Because if we have to get into a car and go anywhere, the first thing Aurora does and says, first she tells me, Dad, sit and drive. As I'm putting her in her car seat, she says, sit sit drive come on and um and, and not in a very demandy way you know in like in, in an invite sit you know and then the next thing she'll say is play Antony song so she will you she wants to hear Antony's song and now she's been saying play me and Antony song and the reason why she says me and Anthony's song is because she says that she's playing the piano that Anthony is singing, and then that Daddy is playing the drums. So sometimes she says, me and Anthony song, Daddy song on the drums, and she'll go through it. And you'll, you'll hear in the, right after the, this, that, this awesome little interlude in the middle where it's just, just synthesizers and drums and all that stuff, and then comes out of that break, and the, the saxophone comes in. Anthony had gotten a saxophonist to come in and lay down a really cool solo, but Lauren and I were driving around. It could have been Christmas Eve or something like that, and and we're driving around, and of course, we have to play the song again because she, she then, then she says when the song ends and I put something else on, she goes, no, play it again, and then she says only, only Anthony's song. That's the... <laughs> The only thing she wants to hear. But I saw her the other day because I told her every time there's a, a change in instrument or a change in time or anything like that, I tell her what the instruments are and what they do and, and all that. And I said, it's a saxophone. I turned around just to t take a peek at her. And she had both hands like this in front of her in front of her mouth like she was playing the saxophone too. And I said, Lauren, she's doing it. She's doing the saxophone. It's just it's just awesome. So I'm playing Antony's song, me and Antony's song right now for you, swimming through air, and uh, we will be right back with some more of your calls and some other fun stuff on this Wednesday night, the 28th of December. Don't go anywhere. 
Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Quite so everybody watch, quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Hey, did everybody play along with their saxophones at home? All the children out there do that? Okay. So you could form a band with your cousin Aurora someday. Although she seems to have already assigned us. I have to play the drums and Anthony has to play the guitar and she has to play the piano. And I, I, who knows what else she'll assign us. But for now, that's that. Okay, um, I would love to jump into our Super Chats. And again, ladies and gentlemen, the best way to support the show right now is by sharing it, by liking it, especially if you are on Rumble, hit that Rumble button. It, um, unlike other places, it'll help move us up the suggestion list. And perhaps we'll get some organic traction People who have never seen us before stumbling upon us. How does that happen? Because, of course, we have our own little cafeteria table since we haven't been invited in anybody else's. And that's just the way it is. I like I like the people sitting at our table, though. I really love it. I think we got a great table. And I'm happy with that. So, who do we have? Who do we have? Napkin is the first one up. Says, well, dye my hair blue and call me Marge Simpson because I love you, homie. Keep it up. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's nice. That's really nice of you. Nasty Coos. I haven't heard from Nasty Coos in a while. Nasty Coos says, hey, Frank, tell your mom I said hi. You got it. Let's see. 
And that is from Gino yesterday. But I got that when it came in. All right. Over to Rumble. Everybody's having a good time there. Thank you, everybody. Oh, look at all those Rumbles. Great. We got about a thousand people watching on Rumble alone. It would be great to get those Rumbles. Hit the little plus button underneath the video. Let's get that up to 700 right now. We could definitely do that. No doubt about it. Just It's one little click and it helps in such a huge way. And over to Foxhole, which remember it is Wednesday night. So it is Rabbit Hole Wednesday. I know I've been thinking about a couple of films that I want to have on Monday night's show. Monday night after hours. We definitely need Scent of a Woman now after last night. Uh, there was another one I was thinking about today. I should have written down. It'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. Keith. Keith S. Sent over a cookie. Thank you. Duda Man says, thanks for the Christmas movies this weekend, Frank. You are welcome. You are welcome. And I saw a great amount of people in and out of that chat room. A lot of viewership. A lot of red pills that were given on the foxhole. And uh, we, we kept... I kept putting it out periodically on Telegram and on Twitter and elsewhere. And I'm glad that people were able to just sit back and know that it's going to be a constant stream of good stuff. And thank you again to Abe and Josh and Cody for the network upkeep and putting those playlists together because it was it was very well. The only thing that we did not slip in there that I am I, I, I regret is unlike last year, I forgot to put the pilot episode of The Chosen in there. The, the nativity episode, the pilot. When I saw that for the, actually every time I've seen that, there's no getting around it. I get choked up. It's um, it's so well done. I don't know how many you know b biblical films I've watched in my life and people doing the the nativity, but there's nothing as well done as the chosen with the nativity. It, um, I don't know. It's like it's like heart heart stopping. For me, at least. And I have not been vaccinated. So Robert Sarns says, oh, thank you so much. Robert just jumped into a bronze tier subscription over there on Foxhole. You know what that means? It means that he is going to be getting Sunday live stream unlisted links sent to him in email. It's going to get priority messaging with me. Uh, and also having his name put into the monthly subscriber giveaways which this month will enter him into a chance to win some coffee and a gold bar a five gram gold bar but not only that book club because those are the, if you want to be part of the book club make sure that you are at least a sponsor for as little as one dollar a month through the quite frankly tv because whereas i will upload all of the book club sessions after we're done with the book those people who get the unlisted links um they they're they're subscribers to the show and sponsors of the show. No matter how small the the tier is, everybody gets in. So there you have that. Robert Sarns, thank you so much. This, quite frankly, is the antidote for the Deep State's Kool-Aid. Well, that's very nice of you to say. Secret Weapon says, thanks, Frank. Thank you, Secret Weapon, and thank you, Sean Joe. All right. All right. So let's go and let's take a little bit of time. I'm going to leave the lines open. We'll take some calls, but I'm going to read one last thing here on the Ukrainian end since the title of the show is Symphony of Destruction, which is what they're trying to bring us into. 
A destructive 2023 symphony. Let's hope. Let's hope that our better nature prevails. But take a listen to this. This is from Julie Kelly, our friend and American greatness. Got to get her back on in the new year, too. The headline is Traitors. A picture, they say, is worth a thousand words, but there are only a few profane words to describe the obscene scene as two women closest in line for the presidency hoisted the Ukrainian flag from the dais of the House of Representatives while swooning over Ukrainian President Zelensky as Congress cheered on December 21st. This appears to be the first time in history the flag of another nation essentially flew inside of the U.S. Capitol building. Quote, they asked me to bring this flag to you, to the U.S. Congress, to members of the House of Representatives and Senators whose decisions can save millions of people, Zelensky, Zelensky said, even though the opposite is true and many more have died. Before handing the flag to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Vice President Kamala Harris, this flag is a symbol of our victory in this war. End quote. But even more telling and sickening was the image in the same photo of a House staffer wearing a black wearing a black face mask standing silently, eyes cast downward behind a tri-folded American flag and a shadow box as a celebration ensued. The unintentional contrast said it all. Our once thriving and free country is slowly dying at the hands of frauds, crooks, and cowards, and they're not even trying to hide it from us. They are flaunting it. After two decades of gradually amassing power and controlling and control under the ruse of national security, the ruling class is ex exercising that power in a ruthless way. Zelensky's address to a joint session of Congress, his second this year, symbolizes how the regime is actively working against the interests of the American people. While Americans struggle to pay for gas, Zelensky traveled to the United States in a U.S. Air Force plane accompanied by an F-15 fighter jet. Government officials literally rolled out the red carpet for Zelensky when he landed before he enjoyed a full-blown motorcade to the White House. As Zelensky entered the House chambers, they should have given him an Uber. He's supposed to be a man of the people, right, with his cargo pants and his green sweater. They should have called him an Uber. But no, 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 no. You need to understand, you need to understand, this, this is the costume that our G.I. Joe is wearing, but he's far more important. He, he's combat ready at any moment, but he is very, very important, much more important than you and worth a lot more, too. As Zelensky entered the House chambers Wednesday night, his lapdog benefactors in Congress rose to their feet, wildly applauding and reaching out to him, mouths agape as if a rock star was in their presence. But real groupies have more dignity. It was a disgusting display all around. Zelensky, always in character, couldn't even manage to wear a proper suit. Oh, Julie, that is the proper suit. His attire, of course, didn't matter as long as his costume had lots of pockets. Zelensky is set to receive $47 billion more in U.S. tax dollars when those same slobbering lawmakers pass a $1.7 trillion government spending bill this month, bringing Zelensky's total grab to $100 billion and counting. The omnibus package itself is one insult after another to the American people. As Representative Dan Bishop, 
from North Carolina detailed in a December 20th tweet thread, generous funding to secure the borders of other countries is included in the bill with little more than crumbs to protect our southern border, now dangerously wide open to human smugglers and drug runners. Billions more will be spent to promote gender equity, fight structural racism, expand access to abortion, and construct buildings and parks named after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Retiring Senator Richard Shelby and former First Lady Michelle Obama, among others. Perhaps the most outrageous provision in the bill is a hefty budget hike for the Department of Justice. Attorney General Merrick Garland, who spends the majority of his time and resources targeting Donald Trump, his associates, and his supporters, will receive a nearly 10% raise next year, bringing the Justice Department's annual budget to $38.7 billion. More than two hundred twelve million dollars is earmarked to hire almost 100 temporary government lawyers to help prosecute january 6th protesters a caseload now nearing 1,000 americans with promises to add another thousand more the federal bureau of investigations will get 569 million dollars more next year as that agency's budget exceeds $11 billion for the first time. Garland and the FBI Director Christopher Wray, who is still around, still around, all you need to know, have made it clear by word and deed that the imaginary threat of domestic violent extremists, i.e. those who dare to criticize the regime, will remain their top priority. This means more pre-dawn FBI raids of capital quote-unquote trespassers, more indefinite incarceration for those awaiting trial, more prison sentences for nonviolent offenses, more misery, more destruction of constitutional rights. And that's just fine with the overwhelming majority of Republicans in Washington who have been silent in the face of this unprecedented form of government retaliation against Trump supporters. In fact, outgoing Senator Roy Blunt explained that the Justice Department really needed to big uh, to big funding uh, needed the big funding boost by saying, quote, I've always been for prosecuting anybody who violated the law on January 6th, Blunt told NBC News this week. And there are like 800 cases already, so I can't imagine that they don't need some extra money. Good riddance, you clown, Julie says, and I concur. The FBI particularly in light of recent revelations of the Bureau's collusion with big tech to suppress coverage of Hunter Biden's laptop and criticism of mail-in voting should be dismantled and defunded, not rewarded for its interference in two presidential elections, among other malfeasance, nor should the agency receive $375 million in capital funding to build a shiny new headquarters in either Virginia or Maryland, as the bill also provides. But that didn't stop 18 Republican senators, including Mitch McConnell, with his turkey neck. And two that's not Julie saying that, though it would be funny if she would say it. Just throw in little things like that. And two-time presidential loser Mitt Romney, marsupial-faced bitch from Utah. Sorry. That wasn't, that wasn't, that was also me, not Julie. From voting to pass the omnibus bill on Thursday, another yes vote was from Senator Lindsey Graham, the former chair of the Senate Judiciary who promised for years to get to the bottom of numerous Department of Justice scandals. No group of politicians has licked the boots of President Zelensky more than Republican senators. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is among Zelensky's biggest supporters, insisting this week that, quote, providing assistance for Ukrainians to defeat the Russians 
is the number one priority for the United States right now, according to the most Republicans. That is how we see the challenge confronting country, the country at the moment. Is that true? I wonder what Rich Barris would say to that, that the number one priority for the United States right now, according to most Republicans, is helping Ukrainians defeat the Russians, which is impossible. Short of a world war, it is impossible. There is no way you can pump enough money into Ukraine to have Zelensky and, and, and the coked out zombies that are left in the country to fight his war. There's no way that they would be able to regain what they have lost in, in, in the eastern provinces of Ukraine. There's, there's no way. No way in hell unless you enlist and recruit the entire world to come in and go to war with, with Russia, which would be a thermonuclear exchange. So it is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And uh, Mitch McConnell's an asshole. He's an evil asshole. And I, I just wish more, I just wish more Democrat types, liberal types can hear shows like this. I really wish. I wish that they had the stomach to listen a little bit longer than 10 minutes to get the nuance of the argument and see that we have so much more in common than you think. We all see the same problems by and large, not on the social issues, of course, with your gender-bending nonsense. That's, that's just cult conformity practices. But as far as, as far as peace and prosperity, how do we get peace? How do we promote prosperity and equal opportunity for people? Because that is, of course, something that we should all strive to achieve. It's really, what routes are we taking to it? I don't think that most people, if you presented to them in a non-propaganda non-propaganda way, would say, the best route to peace and prosperity is to help the Ukrainians defeat the Russians. That's definitely not what most Republicans are thinking. First of all, most Republicans are people who just hold their noses and vote for whoever's not a Democrat. Who, because it's because there's just there's no representation for people who actually think there's, the Republican Party is a is a is a joke. It, it's not real. It's it's a it's the only option for people who think in small, limited government, free market ways that have no representation anywhere, and they have to suffer the injustice of being categorized as a Republican. See, there's no such thing as a Republican Party. There's not enough people. The majority of people who vote Republican are not Republicans. They just have no other choice because they're not represented anywhere. And Mitch McConnell is an evil bastard with the two the two raisins and a wad of dough. That's what his face looked like. That's what Pam would say. His, he looks like the, his face looks like two raisins stuck into a wad of dough. It's exactly what he looks like. And there you have it, Julie concludes. One of the most powerful, albeit most unpopular leaders in, the wa in Washington thinks aligning Zelensky's army green pockets with more U.S. tax dollars is a greater need than tackling any number of ongoing crises ro roiling the country right now. In the last bit of symbolism Wednesday night, Zelensky exited the House chambers carrying the case, holding the folded American flag, a two-bit actor, and international con man walked out with billions of American dollars and a cherished token of American sacrifice and in the real fight for freedom, justice, and security. And the fiends in the hall 
systematically destroying that legacy for people they are elected to rep uh, to represent and they uh they cheered again and again they're traitors traitors hey what did i say about the 1.7 dollars 1.7 trillion dollar spending bill the omnibus package as people voted yes they should have been arrested as they walked out as they voted yes they they were arrested if they voted no or if they abstained then they're allowed to go they're allowed to go on their way and everybody who voted yes should have been arrested on the spot so that's what i say all right over on rockfin when are you having dave weiss on says fishhead montana i don't know i have not spoken to him i have not reached out um I know that it's been very frustrating for the dozen or so flat earthers out there who really want to have somebody come on and talk about this. But like I said, uh, until I have, uh, when, until I am, I'm able to formulate how I would go about that, I need to have something to ask. I need to have thoughts in mind. I I have to have something set up for it. And so whenever whenever that comes to mind, I have a couple of key questions and themes that I want to bounce off of him or uh my thought was if i can create some special content that's exclusive for the network to moderate something moderate uh, a very respectful exchange between uh one of my astrophysicist uh, phys uh, physicist friends and a i guess somebody who would be respected on the flat earth end of things to to talk and counter each other and I can ask questions and moderate and all, all that I would I would love to do that I think that'd be great to to create some to create some exclusive content for the network because I, I want to keep doing more and more stuff like that for off-air stuff um, and it could be uploaded to other places but to do network premieres for really cool content like that I think that'd be cool so like I said 2023 got a lot of ideas I'll just write out my notes and uh, and we'll see where it all shakes out. I got a couple of mutual friends of his in my um, in my Rolodex, so I don't think it would be a hard time for me getting in touch with them. And I still have not watched like one full video of his. So um, just moving as fast as molasses over here. There's a lot going on. Anyway, that and more. Larkstar says, Frank, I had a dream where QFTV was a huge hit on Musk's future TV channel. QFTV, best in between fun ever together with all the Franklies. It, does Elon Musk have a future TV? Well, what is that? What is that about? Is that going to be a, a thing? Is Elon Musk investing in television? What do you mean by that, Lark? I do think that this show's biggest days and most prosperous days and our sister network the the brainchild of this show which is an extension of this show the larger network i really do believe that our best prosperous days are ahead of us so i don't know when it'll happen there's no way of really telling but where passion leads doors open Social Observer says, "Yo, Frank, what's going on, man? Good to have out. Good to have you out here. Good to have you. Good to have you." 
And back over on Foxhole, one more time before we go to a really quick break. And I think it's a, a good break, too, because I what I have lined up is the C-SPAN. All of my favorite C-SPAN picks. Because this is, this is just as much respect as I believe uh, this entire... This entire operation deserves. Robert Sarns, secret weapon. Uh, Hang 10 Alien Surfer. Just bought a Bronze Star sus- subscription. Thank you for all the new subs over there on Foxhole and on, quite frankly, TV through Squarespace on Subscribestar, everybody. I'm so happy to be bringing so many of you into the new year and welcoming so many more because our... Our goals continue to expand, and so does the need for resources. So thank you guys ahead of time. We're going to take a quick break. Enjoy these wonderful prank calls to C-SPAN. I personally curated this. We have not watched this in a couple of months, but um, since we're talking about Congress and everything related to D.C., I think this encapsulates my thoughts of what I wish I can do if I had the time to call Mitch McConnell every day and leave a message for him. This is the kind of stuff I would be doing if I had the time. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Our first call from Union, New Jersey. Good morning. Hey, good morning. I'm a soldier. I'm serving in the U.S. Army. I'm over there in Germany. I'm back here in the States right now for a little while. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have to say, in regards to all these people that are so anti-American, you know, in protest, you know... They want to, they're protesting all over Europe against us. You know, all I have to say to them is that, you know, I'm an American and I can suck my own cock. Savannah, Georgia, it's called Newark, New Jersey. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. I got myself into really bad debt. I was uh, paying one credit card off with another for over four years. Uh, I just went on and on. And, you know, I mean, I'm like really broke right now about to file bankruptcy and you know i'm trying to get a penile implant i need to enlarge my uh package to pick up the chicks these days oxford north carolina is up next good morning philadelphia go ahead boy the calls are really fired up this morning um i just want to say i have a really big penis i can suck my let's go next you know it's really very unnecessary (laughs) next we got to watch i'm sorry brooklyn new york go ahead hello you're on, ma'am. Go ahead. Can I ask you a serious question? Yeah. How big is your cock? Baltimore, Maryland. Good morning. Well, Illinois. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Um, first, I would just like to say that, you know, thank you to the bat right there for just, with all the persecution and all the stuff that's been going on, and you guys have not been getting a lot of fan service as far as things go, and I just really want to thank you for sticking through it and keep doing your job and, you know, keep doing what you do, um, despite, you know, a lot of uh, people really not liking it. And as far as that goes, I would really just like to give you a nice big fuck. McLean, Virginia, you're on the Washington <laughs> Journal. Troy, New York, uh, you're on the Washington Journal. Go ahead. I would just like to thank you for taking my call, number one. And number two, you should go fuck yourself. (laughs) On the uh, USA... Jim is joining us from Freeport in the Bahamas. Good morning to you. Welcome to the program. Hi, good morning. And good morning, Mr. Satter, too. I think everybody remembers a few years ago when there was that war in Chechnya with regards to the territorial integrity of Russia... And especially seeing the protests going on right now, it can really it can really lead one to ask the question, uh, Mr. Senator, do you have a circumcised penis? Okay, I apologize. We've had some uh, callers who have gotten through, and we apologize for that very much. Hello? Go to Clarence Democratic Line in Jacksonville, Florida, and hear what he has to say. Hi, Clarence. 
Hi, good morning. Good morning. Very uh, exciting day here in America, the New Hampshire primary. Uh, I think it's very interesting to see how many, how different this race is from previous races when you look at the amount of personality that you see in the Republican field. Herman Cain with his 999 plan, Rick Perry with his oops, Michelle Bachman with her very hairy vagina. Oh, excuse me, that was totally inappropriate. And uh, we're talking about the candidates and what's going on in New Hampshire. Just the perfect amount of mockery. That's what we need. <clears throat> okay, I have a couple of things I want to bring up, and then we will go and open up the lines in the last 20 minutes here. Google executives declare code red over revolutionary new chatbot. Now, I was trying to put something together. I don't know when we'll be able to do it. I'll be looking into this. Google execs are talking about this experimental chatbot called ChatGPT. And this was, uh, this was released about three weeks ago and people were really having a lot of fun with it. When asked questions, it gives relevant, specific, simple answers. Rather than spitting back a list of internet links, it can also generate ideas on its own, including business plans. So if you ask this chat, make me a business plan for a, I don't know, a, I want to, I want to become a florist at home. I want to get some funding and, you know, you want to become a florist. You want to open up a, a flower shop. It will generate a business plan for you in seconds. It can help you with Christmas gift suggestions, vacation ideas, and advice on how to tune neural network models using Python scripts. Some even think it may supplant Google's search business. The New York Times reports the following. Although ChatGPT still has plenty of room for improvement, its release led Google's management to declare a code red. For Google, this was akin to pulling the fire alarm. Some fear the company may be approaching a moment that the biggest Silicon Valley outfits dread, the arrival of an enormous technological change that could upend the business. For more than 20 years, the Google search engine has served as the world's primary gateway to the internet, but with a new kind of chatbot technology poised to reinvent or even replace traditional search engines, Google could face the first serious threat to its main search business. One Google executive described the efforts as make or break for Google's future, said the New York Times. ChatGPT was produced by a research lab known as OpenAI, which employs technology and knowledge that Google and many other companies have helped cultivate. In fact, the core technology behind ChatGPT was developed by researchers at Google, which is why I really don't think there's a really a, a, a great panic. This is probably just, you know, introducing new phases of whatever the hell they're trying to bring us toward. Now experts think that Google might struggle to compete with these smaller companies offering machine learning chatbots as they may prove damaging to its business model. Google has its own chatbot, Lambda, 
or language model for dialogue applications which gained attention over the summer when former Google employee Blake Lemoyne suggested that it was sentient. You remember that? We, we brought Zach Voorhees on to talk about that. Said that, that said, the Silicon Valley giant may be reluctant to deploy the new technology as a replacement for its search service because the chatbot AI may not be able to deliver digital ads as effectively, something that accounted for 80% of Google's revenue last year. That, you know, that and the, and the CIA, all the money that they're, that they're making in selling drugs. No, no company is invincible. All are vulnerable, said the University of Washington professor, Margaret O'Mara, who specializes in the history of Silicon Valley. For companies that have become extraordinarily uh, successful doing one marketing-defining thing, it is, a hard, uh, it is hard to have a second act with something entirely different. Oh, is, oh you mean like how, how Facebook is falling off the face of the earth after rebranding itself as Meta? But then again, I, I really do believe that they're, they're planned metamorphoses. You know, I really do think they're all planned. You can say, well, the, the old Facebook is dead and gone. It's been, it has been dead and gone, but it's really about what is gonna come out of that cocoon and how is it going to serve the new world? What's more, AI chatbots may, may not be telling the entire truth and can produce answers that blend fiction and fact due to the fact that they learn their skills by analyzing vast troves of data posted to the internet. If accuracy is lowered, it could turn people off to using Google to find answers. Well, people, I mean, I mean, that's just hilarious in itself because this is what we're coming to realize as it is about going to the internet and going to places like Google and any other search engine that is run by the same kind of worldview and algorithms as Google that have hundreds. I mean, did you see that? Where the, where the hell was this? It's the latest. The, the latest of the, hold on, I'm gonna go on, here we go. The latest from Name Redacted, this actually might, might not have been, this was from December 26th, there could have been something a little bit uh, newer here. Google currently employs at least one, at least 165 people in high-ranking positions from the intelligence community. Google's trust and safety team is managed by three ex-CIA agents who control the misinformation and hate speech portions of the company. And here's the other breakdown: 27 total other CIA that could be found, FBI 52 agents that are working there. NSA 30, DHS 50, and uh, National Intelligence 6. Okay. So we're talking about hundreds of people that could be dug up that are, that are actually holding public and visible office space at places like Google. And they're talking about how chat GPT could harm the could harm the, the trustworthiness of all of these these search engines and the, the news that is aggregated there and the way that it's ranked and all that stuff, even though we know that the way that the news itself is, is provided. I love how they say that chatbots may not be telling the entire truth. They can produce answers that blend fiction and fact. That is what news is. That's what news is. God knows how much of the news that we are reading is generated by AI already. 
like we were talking about it I, it might have been 2021 early 2021 when we saw these these huge troves dozens upon dozens of articles that were supposedly syndicated from USA Today but they were syndicated to local markets and they were all saying the same thing about increase in gun crime. The articles were exactly the same except location was swapped out and a couple of other regionally identifying factors of each of the articles were swapped out for something that would be more regionally grabbing for people in like places like Kansas and Illinois and whatever the hell it was. And we were we were stumbling upon dozens of these. Of course they were being generated by something that was non-human. They were all being published within the same 48-hour span. They were the same exact article with only regionally identifying markers being swapped out to make them more applicable, 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 applicable to local readers. So, um, I mean, this is, I guess they just have to put this out there for due diligence for the people out there who think that what is being provided to you in in ranked search engine results on Google is the top of the line information no matter what comes from ABC and NBC which is all spin and fiction mixed in with a little bit of truth with real people in places but just however the hell it's going to help them create future narratives and add on to what they've already done so that's why when I read articles like this, I'm like, oh, well, who cares? Play with the chat, the chat bot. Who cares? It's not going to ruin anything. Um, so that's number one. That's the one thing I wanted to do. <laughs> I have a couple other things here, too. Maybe I'll save these for tomorrow. I have two things for tomorrow I'm going to have to do because it's 847 and we can take some calls in the last few minutes here. Here are here is a little bit of a preview of two of the things that we're going to throw in because now we have a bunch of countdowns, best ofs, and worst ofs, and interesting things too. For example, from the Sun, the best archaeology discoveries of 2022, including spooky city of the dead find. So we can talk about best archaeology discoveries of 2022, but this one, of course, was sent to me by Mark Swan, and what is it? The headline is: What did we get stuck in our rectums last year? And it's a breakdown. All these reports are taken from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission's debate of emergency room visits. All descriptions are verbatim. And always remember that the flared, uh, that a flared base is your best friend. Anyway, they have broken this down by ears, what people have stuck or gotten stuck into their ears, their noses, their throats, their penis, their vagina, and their rectums this year. As you can see, the rectum list is two times as large as anything else. So, 2022, very busy for a lot of people. Fun things, you know. We'll talk about that, the most outrageous thing that, that could have been done. And, um, and I'm glad that I'll be doing that with you guys. So, uh, with that... I don't know if we have any... Yeah, we have a couple of calls I just missed, but now it looks like it's bottlenecking again. But 914-595-6953, we can take you in. Yamez says, be strong and of good courage. 
Thank you, Yamez. Be strong and of good courage. Some good stuff. Good stuff to remember in the in the days ahead. Thank you, Yamez. Uh, let's take one last call before the night is out. 708, you're on the air. Who's this? Joy. Joy, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Hey, Frank. Thank you so much. It's my first time. Um, you People would have to look it up for themselves, but I just saw something that said, really off topic, but um, that supposedly BlackRock, the investment people, whatever, billionaires, are supposed to be investing, helping Zelensky invest that big billions of money that we just gave him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just weird, like the how money just keeps going around in circles. And oh stuff. yeah, it's just a weird, oh, weird yeah. mystery. It's so nice to hear your voice. <laughs> oh, it's great to have you on too. And you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I remember. I don't know if it was on, if it was on Citizen Free Press. Uh, hold on, wait. Was that it? No. no. Oh, here it is. Here it is from CNBC. Joy just brought this up right now. Zelensky, BlackRock, and I didn't know that Zelensky's last name is spelled with two Y's. Is that is is this a Mandela effect, or did they just start spelling? <laughs> I just noticed that recently too, and it just seems like they've been in talks for a while, supposedly, even before he knew he was getting more money. So. I don't know. I'm. I want to look into it further. So Black. I always say to people, don't take somebody's word for it. Look for yourself. But well, thanks for everything, friends. Oh well, thank you, Joy. And I have you stored over here. So next time you call in, I'll just be able to say, "Hey, Joy, what's Ooh. going on?" Okay. And actually, I go by Joy Joy for another re- weird reason, but <laughs> that helps. You take care, hon. Have a good night. You good night, too. frankly. You too. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. You as well. Thanks. So here we have Zelensky, BlackRock CEO, Fink, agree to coordinate Ukraine investment. I guess this is the Marshall Plan, huh? BlackRock Financial Markets Advisory and the Ukrainian Ministry of Economy signed a memorandum of understanding in November. Zelensky and Fink agreed Wednesday to focus in the near term on coordinating the effort of all potential investors and participants in the reconstruction of our country, channeling investment into the most relevant and impactful sectors of the Ukrainian economy. So not only were BlackRock gigantic companies like that were sweeping through and buying up all of our residential areas around here. But there you have it. It's all the same people. It's all the same places. Um, I'm glad that Joy called in and brought that up. And am, and am I going nuts about the Zelensky with the two Ys? I just started noticing this in the last couple of days. Zelensky, two Ys. I don't know. I I I thought it was but these things change. I actually have a another article that we're going to do over the next couple of episodes as well about the Mandela effect that there is an official study, another official study that's going into it. There's that, there is a memory and attention deficit study that we're going to be talking about soon too. A lot of great stuff and our our guest list for January is getting better and better too. I just put Jay Gulinello back on for the the the, 12, the 20th, but we've got Chloe Carmichael coming on, a few others. I got to tell you all about them. Timothy Alberino's coming back to be talking about uh, Empire of the Gods. I'm excited about it all, and I hope you are too. Tomorrow's another night, though. Seven o'clock. 
Thank you, guys and gals. Go on over to quitefrankly.tv and get ready for an evening of fanciful chilling out like a fancy person. And tomorrow at 7, we come back for our Thursday evening show with Jeff Harmon, and we start really digging in on our 2023 predictions. Uh, maybe I'll also have an, an update on uh, King. King uh, told me today, hey, guess what? I made myself a cameo so people can uh, people can buy videos and, and I can give greetings or chew somebody out or something like that. So I, I think King is on cameo now. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. That'll be great. Great holiday gifts, birthdays. Good for all occasions if you want a video from King on, on cameo. Um but that's that. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. Thank you for everything tonight, ladies and gents. And I'll catch you on the flip side. Email the show. Become a monthly sponsor and get your books ready for book club. C.S. Lewis, first one up in January. Talk to you soon. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed in front of a live audience. And now our super chatters, starting with Yemez, Napkin, Nasty Coos, and Gino from the other night. Thank you to Fishhead Montana. Thank you to all of my wonderful friends on Rumble. That includes Social Observer, Larkstar444, and our wonderful friends on Pilled. I'm releasing the scratch as we speak. I will see you over there on quitefrankly.tv in the cozy chat room for the rest of the evening. And I hope that you can join us. Talk to you soon. Good night. Storm in the castle. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye bye. <laughs>